0: This is David Rovix, and you are tuned to 3CR, 8.55am Melbourne, Australia.
1: Step three is finding there's a tactic when everyone believes it could be true, that if all the people work collectively, there just might be something we can do, and everything can change.
2: Welcome to the Climate Action Radio Show, which can be heard on community radio at 3CR in Melbourne and Skid Row in Sydney. My name is Vivian Langford and salut, Babette. We'd like to pay our respects to Elders past and present and pay tribute to the decades-long legacy of Aboriginal fights for land rights and against the destructive mining projects that are fueling climate change. In particular, we acknowledge the Wangan and Jagalingu cultural custodians and their ongoing opposition to coal mining on their lands in central Queensland, and to the Gomorrah traditional custodians continuing opposition to coal and gas on their land in New South Wales. It is vital at this late stage in history that we all learn to care for country. It will always be Aboriginal land, and now is our time to all stand up for And protect it. Today's Climate Action Show takes you to Pitt Street Uniting Church in Sydney. Dr Bob Brown gives the keynote speech and we hear from an ecologist, Mark Graham, from frontline activists Susie Russell and Takiza Frank. They're the people who sit up in the trees among the koalas and gliders, protecting the precious habitat remaining after the recent horrific bushfires. We hear from New South Wales politicians Alex Greenwich, Justin Field and Sue Higginson. And the MC is comedian Wendy Harmer. The galleries of Pitt Street Uniting Church were haunted by forest angels walking pensively about. There were masked owls and other bush creatures too, imploring us to protect their habitat and by doing so restoring safety to our climate. I'd like to think that the spirit of Jack Mundy was smiling down too, as this building is an historic one and preserved by his green bands decades ago. I have Doro Baubeck from the Bob Brown Foundation to tell us how the change of government in New South Wales will help us take back the forest and stop the logging. Hello, Vivian.
3: Um, Thanks for having me. Um, Yeah, so we have a change of government that in itself is pretty good, Um, I would say we also have a minority government um, in the lower house, which is also good so Labor is forced to communicate and they have already three independent um, people um, MPs come forward to say that they wanted to provide numbers one of them is Alex Greenwich. And he's come to our um, rally for forests a, couple, a few weeks ago and committed to making any native forest logging a precondition for entering in a power share situation, so I look forward to seeing that, um, will I want to have a meeting with um, Alex and just see how he wants to do that. The difference I see in between, you know, with coalition government and this government is it feels like you can at least have a conversation. With these people, there is some sort of sense of hope. So, so they want to create a great koala national park. It's 315,000 hectares in the hinterland of Coff's Harbour, mid North Coast, and 175,000 hectares of that would be coming from state forest. And Labor has said that they want to do this in the first term of government. That means four years. But the problem is that they're not going to put a moratorium on logging. In the state forest at the moment, and there is an absolute mayhem happening up there. It's an absolute bloodbath. Twenty percent of the state forest is being scheduled for logging this year alone. So that's of the hundred and seventy-five thousand hectare, twenty percent of that area is scheduled for logging this year alone. So, and Labour has also refused to have a moratorium on logging, which means to stop all logging now while they negotiate where exactly these boundaries are. So, the proposal for the Great Koala National Park was done about 10 years ago um, with rough boundaries, and now they just got to, you know. Penny Sharp said, "Okay, we want to talk to all the stakeholders, including forestry forestry and mills, and you know the um, indigenous people, the Gumbangia, um, as well as forest conservation groups and Friends of Forest groups. They all should be at the table. We don't know exactly who will be at the table. It'll be national parks and the people from the Great Koala National Park, and hopefully they'll find a way to put a moratorium on logging while these discussions continue. Because at the rate." the logging is occurring at the
2: moment in this region, there will be nothing left. So I've read that since the election, there are still people being arrested up there, in, especially in the northern forest, um, a young woman called Kashmir just about five days ago, arrested for sitting in the tree and stopping, you know, trying to stop the logging machinery. So is this the way that it's going to go, that there's going to be more of this uh, non-violent direct action needed to, Keep it. Yes, I'm afraid that's what's going to happen. It will need to
3: be happened. These forests are vital for the Great Koala National Park. We cannot have them being logged before we even know which parts will become part of the Great Koala National Park. So it's, it's a massive disaster and what really is upsetting that is the, the public only gets the message, yes, Labor will create the Great Koala Initial Park, but they don't get the second part of this message, but that they are also allowing until it becomes protected. To be completely get, gutted there will be nothing left including no koalas i mean that region ho- is host to about 20 percent of the new south wales koala co- population so it would be absolutely vital to ha- to do everything we can to protect these species and all other species that find home in these forests
2: yeah the koala is just the front act isn't it really there's so many other creatures living there and especially as we've had such massive bushfires and we're not just talking about those northern forests there's a southern forest as well which we'll hear about just one quick word to the listeners we've got listeners in many places of australia but mainly melbourne and sydney and i think we've got some in dunedin as well but people who want to help this well
3: donations always help because we do need funds to um help forest blockades to be become real and people to be fed up there best and ideal would be if we all went on the streets and demanded an to native forest logging we would get it but it takes two percent of the population to do this and if you are in whatever group you are maybe already maybe you are in a forest group or you're part of a you know permaculture group or like a community garden group maybe we can come together get in touch with me doro at bobbrown.org.au and we can organize like a mass protest across all major cities in New South Wales and the regions and have these 2% on the street. And then we will have it the next day. I promise you that. But as long as people are complacent, we, we won't get it quickly. Not quick enough, I, I'm afraid. But yeah, that's what I would suggest. Get
2: active and reach out. Thank you. So that was Doro Barbeck. And now we're going to the event at Pitt Street Uniting Church with all the activists there and Bob Brown. Thank you, Dora.
0: Well, how great to see you all here this afternoon. We are six days out, ladies and gentlemen, from the New South Wales election. And I wonder if, like me, you can just sniff, perhaps, at last, that we might see an end to the logging of our native forests. Do you feel that? Do you feel we might be getting closer? I mean, I joined my first anti-native forest logging um, campaign when I was 18 years old. And it was in Gippsland. And it was the Save the Otway Ranges. And I am now, <laughs> I'm 68 this year. So 50 years of doing this, you know, and we shouldn't be here, but here we are. Over that time on, on uh, Radio Sydney, of course, you know, I we fielded you know, a lot of discussion about, uh, you know, logging and so forth. And I've got to tell you one of my favourites that happened. So I was interviewing a member of the Shooters and Fishers and Farmers Party and who wanted to resume logging, I think it was on the, on the, uh, the Murray River, you know, the red gums there or whatever. And, and he said to me, he said, well, he said, we've got to keep thinning that forest out And I said, you know, why would that be? He said, because if the forest gets too thick, well, the native animals get lost. (laughs) He said, they can't find their way around. (laughs) Anyway, so what we are here to do today, Bob Brown has made the trip. And talking about people who've stayed, stayed the journey, who've stayed on the path, who've been fearless, Bob, You are, well, you're a national hero and I'm very proud to call you my friend. And you are a national treasure. Let's kick off with Justin Field. Uh, Justin has uh, been a Greens member of the New South Wales Legislative Council since 2016. He became an independent in 2019 and uh, he would like us to know that he fights for forests and nature in and outside Parliament.
1: We are paying millions of dollars of public money to prop up an industry that's been unsustainable for decades. It's destroying our forests, destroying our ecosystems, killing the planet and killing all the species that rely on it. We have to stop and we have to stop now. We are here today because this government, over 12 years, has failed to take action to address the challenges of restoring nature. They've allowed it to continue to be destroyed at a rate that has surpassed, I think, anything that we've seen in the decades before. Whether it's the logging out of our native forests or the massive expansion of um, land clearing, on rural land, whether it's um, the spread of coal and gas mining and exploration, which is also impacting our forests, right across the board, this government has manifestly failed. We face a situation without action, we will lose the koala, we will lose the greater glider, we'll lose so many of those other forest species without action. So we're at this decision point. What the next government does in this space will make the difference about whether or not my son the next generation will ever know koalas or greater gliders in the wild. Now, why are we here? We're here because this government has failed to listen to the science. 60% of the forests in New South Wales were burned in 2019-20. On the South Coast, it was 80%. So much of that burnt so badly um, that the government's own independent advisor on natural resources recommended a moratorium on logging in those areas, but what did they do? They sent the loggers back in just weeks after the fires were extinguished. This is a government that doesn't listen to the science. It doesn't listen to the myriad of experts that have said something has to change, or to the public that know that we need an end to this industry if we're going to see these forests survive. It hasn't listened to the economics experts Frontier Economics, who have made clear that these forests are worth so much more standing to the tune of hundreds of millions of dollars to the state better off as ecological reserves. Of course, that's where we get our clean air and our clean water and the biodiversity that supports life. It's also where we see opportunities for non-extractive Economic uses of our forests, for carbon storage, for nature based tourism. There are many, many more jobs in keeping these forests standing. There are also many, many more jobs in reimagining the timber industry to plantation based timbers, largely softwoods. That's what builds our homes, not hardwoods. We're just destroying our native forests to keep a handful of jobs going to serve some political interests. And here is where it, the rub is. The nationals dictate natural resources policy, and they dictate what happens to the forest, and they don't care. The nationals have never seen a tree. They don't want to knock over or clear. They've never seen a river. They don't want to turn into an irrigation pipeline. They do not care about the environment. (laughs)
0: Uh, Mark Graham is going to speak with us now. He's an ecologist and forest protector from the Mid North Coast, and he has driven six hours to be here today, for just to speak for three minutes. Thank you, Mark. Ooh. And you have to tell us about your ban, uh, your uh, your uh, your ban on the accessing. Our Forrest at the moment, we'd like to hear a little bit about that. Thanks,
4: Mark. Thank you, Wendy. It's a great honour to be down here. I recognise this is uh, Gadigal country and pay my deepest respect to all uh, of this nation, the Elders past and present. I come from Gumbangir country on the mid-north coast, which is central to a huge proportion of the state's koalas. I sadly come with bad tidings, but I'd like firstly to speak positively of our forests. Our forests are our future. Australia is the only developed nation on Earth that is mega diverse, that has over a million species. And within our continental borders are the the forests of Eastern Australia that are one of the world's most significant biodiversity hotspots. All those forests sustain our lives and our entire economy, our entire existence. Those forests store some of the most carbon-dense repositories on Earth. They literally stabilise our climate and give us a safe living continent. Within these forests are literally some of the most ancient assemblages on Earth, with lineages going back 60, 80, 100 and more million years. And where I'm from, the forests really are amongst the most ancient on Earth. They are literally time capsules of the most astonishing significance. They are incredibly healing and therapeutic places. Spending mere minutes in these forests can transform people. It can bring about health and well-being. Just to breathe the air in these forests is a truly good thing. And these forests have astonishing values, not just for their water supply, and their carbon storage, but our coastal forests, for example, contain a plethora of chemicals which are antimicrobials. And there is tens of billions of dollars worth of value to humanity in the chemicals in our coastal forests to overcome the the loss of um, antibiotic efficacy. And there are companies from Germany and... Japan, who are bioprospecting in our forests. So they literally can offer humanity a safer future. I guess I'm now about to flip to the bad part of my story, which is that these forests are being absolutely annihilated at an accelerating rate. We see increasing mechanisation of forestry. When I was a kid, Forestry was quite manual. Now we see harvesters and skidders that are 25 to 30 tons absolutely annihilating the fabric of life. And within the Great Koala National Park on a year-in, year-out basis, we're looking at around about 15 or more percent of the entire Great Koala National Park being annihilated. We hear from forestry who are masters of disinformation, spin and lies that a mere 1% of our forests are impacted. That is absolute, they are absolute lies. And Wendy asked me to allude to what um, my personal challenges might be because I've been an advocate for koalas and an advocate for life and an advocate for our tax base by protecting our, our public forest estate. I found myself subjected to some big problems, and I'm currently banned from every state forest in New South Wales, and I have been since September the 10th last year. I'm seeking to have that lifted because I enjoy working with parliamentarians and community to understand the astonishing global values of our public forest estate and to strive as urgently and rapidly as we possibly can for their protection, for the protection of all of our forests, their restoration, to fix them up where they're broken, to deal with weeds, to deal with feral animals, to allow them to recover from the biggest forest fires in all space and time, and to urgently expand them to give our koalas, our greater gliders, our glossy black cockatoos, and the host of globally significant wildlife that is plummeting toward extinction a future. We need to retain every skerrick of forest that exists. We need to fix it up, and we need to urgently expand it for the sake of our globally significant biota and for ourselves to draw carbon down, to store it, and to give ourselves the water security that we need in an increasingly hot and drying climate. Our forests literally are our lifeline, our forests are our future. And the only way that we're going to see a future for ourselves via our forests is to firstly get rid of the government that is currently consigning our forests to annihilation and to make political change. We so desperately and urgently need it. This is our last chance to give ourselves, our economy, and our children, a safe and livable future. I call on all of you to vote for change, and I call on all of you to act in whatever way you can, from within the city, to visit the country, to come to join us, to understand our forests, to celebrate them, to derive sustenance from them, and to help us fix them up and expand them, as we must.
0: Thank you, Mark. Well, that was well worth the six hours you coming for that. We appreciate that. We, what a beautiful and compelling speaker you are, and uh, thank you so much. We do appreciate you being here.
5: If I had my tongue,
6: five hundred languages, I would sing to you.
3: This is Monica Jasmine Caro. I'm a proud Gunai Kurnai, Gunishmara, and Mukja Wait woman. I'm a spoken word poet, actor and musician and you are listening to 3CR Community Radio. And I love Community Radio because it is about representation and accessibility for all peoples of all walks of life.
6: And I must have
2: a home somewhere I belong. Listening to the Bob Brown Foundation event at Sydney's Pitt Street Church. As Sue Higginson said,
7: 2023 is the year we win and we take back the forests. Okay?
0: Um, next, we will hear from Susie Russell. She's a lifelong activist uh, with the Northern Northeast Forest Alliance. She has just come from a blockade to save the Bulga State Forest. Now, she's driven five hours, so blockade. Let's hear from Susie Russell.
6: Thanks, Uncle Michael, for the welcome. I come from the forests of Biripi country, west of Port Macquarie, where my small community has, for the last three months, been organising and fighting to defend and save Bulga Forest. It's been a, an epic fight because it's not just Bulga Forest that we're fighting for. We're fighting for Ballangara and South Brumen and the Kalang and Double Duke and all the forests up and down the coasts. <laughs> we, we know that our forest is not safe until they are all safe. We're fighting a, a government's own logging company, The New South Wales government has a logging company, Forestry Corporation. As has been said, it runs at a loss. So our taxes are being used to subsidise the destruction of the best known and most effective way we have of storing carbon from the atmosphere. It's destroying our water catchments that we all depend on. It's destroying the fire refuges. It's destroying the unburnt areas. It's destroying the habitat of the quolls and the gliders and the owls and the koalas. Don't be fooled for one moment by the spin of this government that would tell you that they have a plan and a strategy for koalas. Look at their actions. They last year renewed the wood contracts for another five years at the same same level they set them at 20 years ago. No change, regardless of the fires. Ignored their own expert advice because New South Wales, rural New South Wales, is run by the National Party. And as we've already heard, the National Party is about extraction, extracting every last drop of life that they can extract out of the country. So the other day, I was, uh, I was with friends, and we walked into a closed forest, Yarrett, north of Taree. We, uh, high-quality koala habitat, being absolutely ransacked behind closed forest signs. We walked down this beautifully formed gravel road, a gravel road that was funded by flood recovery money. $60 million of flood recovery money was spent on building logging roads to get the wood, the timber out faster, while there are people who are still living in tents whose houses have been flooded. $60 million. It's an absolute, yeah, it's an absolute disgrace. I was reminded uh, on the way here today about the uh, Gaia hypothesis, that basically on this beautiful blue jewel of a planet, we have a self life is self sustaining and that it really very much depends on the water of this planet and the thing about the water is that the trees the forests are the guardians of the springs that nurture the rivers and that and that's hold back the floods you know they are just the forests are just so important for life on this planet so what we need to do, obviously, is we need to save the forests. And so I'm here to say that we from the bush, we can't do it on our own. We live we live in the National Party fiefdom. We need the people in the cities. We need you. We need your help. And we really need your help after next Saturday. Because whoever gets in, we're going to need a lot of help. And we need you to... Lobby your members of parliament, we need you to go to their offices, we need you to talk to them, we need you to rally outside, we need you to harass them, to do whatever you need to do in order to get them to commit to ending public native forest logging. That is essential. So, that's essential because, as we know, we are cutting the threads of our web of life and as we hack them through, it's our life support system that we are losing. And so for all of us uh, and for Mother Earth, we need to stand up. Are you with us? Will you join with joy and bravery and courage and energy? Thank you.
0: Uh, Another wonderful speaker who made the trip and well worth it. Thank you again, Susie Russell.
8: (laughs) Yungro Environment Centre is a grassroots community organisation campaigning for East Gippsland's precious forests. For over 15 years we've been using direct action, citizen science and community engagement to stop the continued logging of precious native forests and threatened species habitat. After this summer's terrible bushfires, there's an even greater urgency to protect what remains. And the Victorian government haven't ruled out plans to log the small fragments of unburnt forests and so-called salvage log in burnt areas. It's now so important that forests and wildlife are protected so they can recover. Head to gecko.org.au to keep updated with the latest news and to get involved. Gecko acknowledges the logging is happening on the stolen lands of the Gunna and Bidwell and the Naro people and that sovereignty was never ceded.
2: a 3CR supporter. You're listening to the Bob Brown Foundation event at Sydney's Pitt Street Church. As Sue Higginson said...
7: 2023 is the year we win and we take back the forest, okay?
0: Our next speaker is Takisa Frank and she's a young Aboriginal woman living on Ewan and Dharawal country in the south coast of New South Wales and uh, she's been fighting for native forests for the past few years and um, she has just been recently arrested I believe and uh, <laughs> she's just out of her handcuffs, here she is, <laughs> Takesa, Takisa Frank.
5: Thanks, Akita. I did somehow miss getting arrested, so that was quite exciting. <laughs> yeah. Walawani. Firstly, I would like to thank Uncle Michael for that beautiful welcome to country. I would like to acknowledge that I live and campaign on you and country every day. I want to pay respects to my elders who have been caring for country since the first sunrise. Their spirits live on through country, plants, animals, and us humans. We must continue to listen and learn from our elders to ensure that we have a sustainable environment for the next generations. I'd like to pay my respect to any other Aboriginal people here tonight. My name is Takesa Frank. I'm a proud Aboriginal woman and leader of the Brooman State Forest Conservation Group. We are based in the Lower Shore Haven of the south coast in New South Wales. Currently there are 15 compartments being actively planned, proposed or approved to be logged in the next 12 months. I don't know if you guys saw the picture up before, but that was Big Spotty that the banner was coming out. Big Spotty is the largest known spotted gum in the world, and that is sitting in a compartment that's supposed to be logged in the next 12 months. And even though Big Spotty can't be cut down because it is so big, um, you know, logging around Big Spotty and the um, issues that it'll have on the soil will mean that Big Spotty is at great risk. I've been campaigning to see an end to public native forest logging since 2020, probably a lot less longer than many of you here tonight. I've learned so much about this damaging industry and the impact it is having on our environment, biodiversity, local communities, and tourism. The bushfires in 2019 and 2020 had catastrophic impacts on our community and environment. 85% of South Coast forests were burnt during the fires having devastating impacts on our ecosystems and biodiversity. Directly after the bushfires, when we should have been recovering as a community, Forestry New South Wales came in within weeks to start logging our forest again. The same forest we all tried so hard to protect. In 2021, the National Resources Commission report on logging post fires was hidden by our New South Wales government. That was then leaked. This report showed us that there should have been a halt to native logging in regions hit hard by these black summer bushfires, including our South Coast forest and recommend revising agreements to account for the increasing threat of global warming. Less than six months ago, I sat on my balcony with my family and watched the forest around me get logged. We sat on that same balcony two years ago and watched those same forests get burnt. The only difference between these two events is logging can be stopped by a single stroke of the pen or a single decision by a New South Wales government. The habitat of many critically endangered and threatened species live in state forests all over New South Wales, including our precious South Coast forests. These include the greater gliders, swift parrots, gang -gang cockatoos and koalas. By continuing to cut down our big old trees with hollows, we are increasing the chance of more species becoming endangered and heading to extinction. We are currently in a climate and biodiversity crisis. We need to end public native forest logging in New South Wales to protect our nature and ensure the next generation have a sustainable and livable planet. I want to leave you with some actions that you can do after tonight. So on the 25th of March, we have to vote for our forest. Every vote is powerful, so use your vote to send a message to the major parties who have not committed to ending this unsustainable industry. Tonight, I only got to share a glimpse of our South Coast Forest and the stories that they have to, te- to tell. To get involved in our campaign, follow the Broom State Forest Conservation Group on Facebook. Thank you to everyone that came along tonight and Bob Brown Foundation for putting on such a great event. Walawani.
0: Thank you so much, Sakisa. And I know, Bob, it must be such a tonic for you to see so many wonderful young people you know, take up, the, take up the fight. And I'm sure it's one that you hoped we wouldn't be having at this stage. And so many people have wondered, you know, what happens if Bob falls off the twig? But what's gonna happen? But young people, isn't it true, Bob, well, all across Australia, have taken up the challenge and fight on. So that is just a wonderful thing.
7: When you compare an old-growth forest compared to a forest which is regrowing after a disturbance like logging, they're actually quite different ecosystems. Generally, like, older, wetter forests
2: Subscribe now.
7: Go to threecr.org.au forward slash subscribe or call the station on nine four one nine eight three seven seven.
0: Now we're here from Sue Higginson. An environmental law expert she's been a member of the legislative council for the Greens since May 2022 and before that she was the CEO of the Environmental Defenders Office and haven't they been doing some great work the EDO <laughs> absolutely um, we're very very um, pleased to have her with us today as she's traveling up and down the coast in solidarity with communities who are fighting Forest Corporation. Uh, please welcome Sue Higginson.
7: Thank you all. I absolutely celebrate every single one of you for being here tonight for forests. I, too, acknowledge that we're on the unceded land of the Gadigal and pay my respects to elders past, present and emerging, always was, always will be. It's pretty tragic, really, that we haven't succeeded. But it's okay. We're on track to win. We are going to end the logging of our public native forests and we've got to do it with the urgency that the issue requires. So, you know what that is? We've got to win that this year. 2023 is the year we win and we take back the forests. Okay? You've heard the case, you know the case so well. It cost us nine million last year. It It cost us 26 million the year before. It's unfathomable economically that we're still doing this. We've seen what the transition looks like. We know how to bring the workers along. There is no need to make that case any stronger. We know the climate case, we've made it. Between now and 2050, if we stop logging this year, that's 76 million tonnes of carbon that we do not release into the atmosphere. Right now, 3.6 million tonnes every year is what we're belching into this cooking planet by allowing this despicable industry that is logging under the false pretense the current minister, well, he's the former minister because he's not the minister right now, actually stood in Parliament when brilliant young Takisa Frank, a spectacular young up-and-coming Greens Member of Parliament, and that's what she will be, <laughs> literally sent a petition to Parliament with over 22,000 signatures. And you know what he did in response to that? He stood there and he lied to all of us and said logging our forests is good for climate change. It draws down sequ- and sequesters carbon as the young trees grow. You know what? He said it's good for koalas because they love the young leaves on the tiny sapling. They are lying to us. It is dangerous and it is reckless. And that's why we are going to win. But how are we going to win? We're going to win because we know we need to put more Greens in the Parliament. Because you know why? We've been there championing forests and we will be there after the 25th. We have already put on the public record to the state at large that Greens imbalance of power, if Labor wants to have a chance and it needs us, we have said, on the condition, you end the logging of our precious, beautiful, public (laughs) native forests. Only the Greens have done that. I'm in there. I'm going to be in there no matter what. I'm in there for the next four years and I'll be there. But this is about who joins Kate, Abigail and I. We need Amanda Cohen and we need Linda June Coe, Wiradjuri, Badu Island woman in there fighting for First Nations justice to protect our forests. But we need you to have the courage to stand there and be green with us. We can't mess this up. You need more of us. We need to be in the balance of power. We've made this case. It's now the year for our forests. But there's one thing I would like to say and finish on, and that is I have had the incredible privilege of going up and down to all of our forests over the last few months since I've been in the upper house. Our forests... Are in no uncertain terms being absolutely smashed. You've heard it, I've seen it with my own eyes. I went on the war zone tour in the southeast, but I've watched all of the incredible people who have been on that front line awake. We've been awake for days and days and days. I saw Takisa in a tree sit. I saw Susie get dragged down the road by the police. I saw people at Pennant Hills on Monday standing up and stopping Forestry Corporation from going to work. These are the people who have brought the end of public native forests to this election. They're the people who have made this live. So the reality is we have the real work
0: to do and that is we bring this home and we win together. Alex Greenwich is up next. He's the independent member for Sydney and he's been uh, in the New South Wales Parliament since 2012 and um, I think that you're a fan of the idea of the Great Koala National Park, uh, Alex. So over to you, Alex Greenwich.
8: Good evening, friends. Uh, I'd also like to start by acknowledging the traditional owners of our land, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, and pay respects to elders past and present, and thank Michael for his very generous welcome to country. I'd like to acknowledge uh, all of my parliamentary colleagues, all of the candidates that are here, and most importantly, all of the passionate activists here for really raising the voice of the need to end native forest logging at this election. Congratulations on the work you have done in making this a critical issue for this election. <laughs> I'd like to really uh, give a shout out and thank Justin Field for using his last speech as a member of parliament on a cause that is so important to the future of our state and our nation. Justin has been a, a champion in our parliament We will sorely miss him, but it is a very generous thing to use your last speech for such an important cause. Thank you so much, Justin. I, of course, hope this isn't my last speech as a Member of Parliament. I really hope to be in the New South Wales Parliament working with the crossbench to see an end to native forest logging. Uh, I would also like... Um, uh, to really thank and acknowledge Bob Brown for being here and his continual leadership on this. Um, Bob worked with my predecessor, Clover Moore, in the early 90s on protecting, protecting native forest in New South Wales. That is how long this campaign has been going on for. The good news is the major parties and vested interests have never been weaker and we have never been stronger. The community is outraged at the deforestation that is occurring. They're outraged at the emissions that are raising. And they are outraged at the habitat of the koala and the glider that is constantly being destroyed. And they're ready to take action at this election. The message we have to deliver is the stronger the crossbench is, the more Greens, the more independents, the more Animal Justice Party members in the lower house and the upper house, the sooner we will be able to end native forest logging. And we've proven that to be the case. In the final weeks of the New South Wales parliament, the coalition government tried to sneak through legislation which would make it extremely easy for native forest logging to happen on private land. It took the crossbench to kill that bill. It took Justin and me working with Fred Nile to kill that bill. <laughs> but that would have just prevented further, um, uh, further um, deforestation. We need to end it all for good. So, as Wendy said at the start of this, tonight, yeah, we are preaching to the converted. We've got one week to go before, the next, uh, before we know the results of the next election. So, I ask you all, to to really go out there and convert some voters by preaching at pre-poll. We know that the wider the crossbench, the sooner this will happen. Thank you all.
1: Hi everyone. My name's Julian Vincent and I'm the Executive Director of Market Forces. We campaign tirelessly to get finance taken out of the fossil fuel industry and drive the change to a decarbonized society and economy and to hear all about that you should keep tuning into and you should thoroughly endorse climate action radio and 3cr and please support to their their fundraising drive to keep this fantastic work going
2: you're listening to the bob brown foundation event at sydney's Pitt street church as sue higginson said
7: 2023 is the year we win and we take back the forests." okay
9: please welcome bob brown Thanks, Wendy. Thanks, everybody. I can't help but agree with Wendy in saying what a splendid lot of candidates coming to get the next parliament to put an end to this destructive, decrepit, job-shedding, taxpayer-funded wrecker of the environment in New South Wales in the form of native forest logging. You know, um, it'll be 40 years ago next month that the Nightcap National Park was established in the wake of the Terrania Creek defense, uh, which really set Australia on its ears. And I can remember at that time when Premier Neville ran, got a plane with a hundred odd police flowing up there, Uh, but it was the people standing in defense of that forest and refusing to give in because they loved it, they lived with it, they knew what it was, that um, eventually got the government to back off and instead declare a national park. And um, upstairs we have our world angel. She sat on that tripod in front of the loggers uh, one day for some hours, they backed off at the end and the trees behind where she stood are still standing to this day because of that single act. We're on a planet that's uh, uh, facing uh, utter destruction at the hands of one species. Uh, That's Homo sapiens. And there's now 8 billion of us heading for 10 billion. There was a 2.5 billion when I came onto the planet here in New South Wales in 1944. That's tripled. But the destruction's going even faster. And it was incomprehensible that uh, so much of the natural realm on this planet, so much of it was mysterious, it wasn't really, it was lived in by people all around the planet, and I thank you for the, Uncle Michael, for the, where, where he, uh, you can't be as old as me, though. <laughs> onto the Gadigal land, because indigenous people everywhere have already, have always known, and all our ancestors back there included, have always known that to live with the planet is, is to live with your own soul. And as will have been said in this um, great uh, Christian church so many times down the line, what does it gain a person if they gain the whole world but lose their soul? And we now know, we've heard it earlier uh, f- from Mark, the enormous value, if you want to look at it in rational economic terms, that the forests are in terms of the repository of potential uh, pharmaceutical aids to us. But not only that, in Sweden these days, you can get a prescription to go for a walk in the forest instead of a prescription for anxiolytics or um, uh, antidepressants. Because uh, medical science is catching up with the fact that we come from the forests. They shape our bodies and minds. We are part of them. And when we go into the forest, we're going home. And when you go home, you find your heart again. I want to also pay tribute to an inspiration who came to Tasmania at the same time as I did, but he came from Sydney, and he stood in front of a town hall full of people who were lamenting the impending loss of Lake Pedder and said, take on the so-and-sos. You confront them. Don't step backwards, take them right on. And that was Milo Dumphy, and, and Milo then, a year later, became the first environmental candidate in Australia at the 1973 federal election. He stood again in 1986. He didn't make it, but he was a pathfinder and an inspirer of young people like me back in those days. And uh, what are we to do with so many young folk feeling that it's all too bad. I just this week bought a painting in the Signet Town Hall south of Hobart because there's an art exhibition, 300 pieces there, and amongst the school entrance is a 14 year old young lady, and she's got a picture of a woman looking up to the sky in despair, and it says, Hope defies reality, and she's got all the letters back the front. Well, I've now got her painting for $125, and I hope to catch up with her soon to say, yes, but we are here to change reality. That's where uh, uh, hope is no substitute for action. And here we are on the eve of an election in the biggest state with so much environmentally uh, important issues beyond forests, of course, at stake. And how could anybody vote for either of the major parties with their policies of more coal mines and more gas fracking, including in the Peliger Scrub, for example. Because, let me say this, that if you set aside the laws of people and bring in the laws of nature, that is criminal behavior. And those people are asking us to vote to endorse criminal behaviour. I mean by that, every Labor, Liberal and National candidate, because they are caucused to vote for more coal mines and more gas fracking, which is going to destroy more habitats and more forests. And if you don't believe me, look at Tanya Plibersek's speech to the Press Club in November, where she said just that, that um, climate change is coming to destroy our habitats, and therefore to destroy this magnificent panoply of nature that we have with us. In the coming week, it is extraordinary days. We don't know what's going to happen next Saturday. We've already cleared the deck down there south of Hobart. Nobody's going to interfere with us because we're going to be glued to the television set to see, amongst others, You wonderful Greens and independents and lovers of animals who are standing and have committed to make sure that if the the big parties fall short, and I think they may well do so, they will be required as part of the arrangement for government to put an end to native forest logging in New South Wales. That's what's been called for. And you know, it's not that difficult. We've heard the statistics. Less than a thousand people directly involved in that destruction. You know, give them half a million each. They'd be happy and the destruction would end. But there's bigger players, making money out of exporting most of it, who need to be tackled. And the big parties, boy, if you get a Labor government in there, they will say, this is impossible. We can't do it. They will have the media with them. It won't be easy. But I, I have listened to a series of people here who I believe in, who are genuine, who know the forest count, and who are going to stand their ground. And I also hear Susie's call because it's not going to be easy afterwards. And, and Susie, Paul's not here, so I can say what I like. <laughs> Partner Paul, that is. If you have to be at the barricades after this election because the destruction comes on, I hope you will accept me coming up to be with you, to keep the machineries out of our global forest. So, here we go. There are other enormous issues, social issues, Issues of democracy, not least corruption. Uh, Issues confronting us about the disorder and the warrior-like play of politics in the world. But here is a discreet single issue which not only will uh, will end the tragedy of the commons, of the destruction of the people's forests, and those magnificent creatures, the gliders, the koalas, the unnamed insects, fish, crayfish, freshwater fish, the birds who are being destroyed day in and day out by this malicious, decrepit industry. But there is a big dividend for society as well as not anymore putting out millions of dollars in subsidies and that is the inspiration that we owe to the young people in our community. And we owe ourselves as older people wanting to pass on this planet, the better for being here. And there could be no greater signal to the people of New South Wales that we've reached a new era of coming to terms and holding back our destructiveness and going back to the indigenous ideology of living with instead of, of, than to end native forest logging in New South Wales. It's exciting times. Democracy, as Winston Churchill said in 1949, may, not, may have warts, but warts and all, it's better than whatever other system comes next. And we know from being on the barricades, you can't win out there unless you're represented in the decision-making forum of the parliament. And that's what so good, such good people have told us tonight they will be doing. That is being the parliamentary phalanx, which puts an end to the destruction of forests and puts a start to the lifting of the human spirit and the saving of our fellow creatures so that we can all end our days when I fall off that perch with a smile on our face, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go.
2: Thank you for caring about our native forests. In Victoria and New South Wales, it's a very hot issue. And it's great that you have taken the time to listen to these persuasive arguments I asked Alex Greenwich for a comment he is an important and pivotal MP in the New South Wales Parliament and he represents the electorate of Sydney this is his comment on 11th of April keeping our native forests intact is vital to stopping a biodiversity crisis through mass extinction of endangered species like the koala and erosion of much-needed carbon sinks. Native forest logging runs at a loss that taxpayers subsidise only to produce low-value products that have sustainable alternatives. The state will be in a better environmental and economic position if we transition to plantation timbers. New jobs in ecotourism and ecotimber with a transition package, will ensure forestry communities are protected. There is no reason not to move forward. And I suggest to your listeners you might like to send Alex Greenwich uh, a cheerio and support his stand in the New South Wales Parliament. It's a really important moment in history for us. We have a chance to take the forests back in New South Wales and thanks to the people who've put their bodies on the line and brought us inspiration tonight. Justin Field, Sue Higginson and Alex Greenwich from the New South Wales Parliament. Mark Graham, the ecologist. Wendy Harmer, the MC. Susie Russell and Takiza Frank, who blockade the forests from north to south of New South Wales. And to Dr Bob Brown and the Bob Brown Foundation, who organised this forum in time for the recent New South Wales election. My name is Vivian Langford. Good night and
1: good luck. This is coal. Don't be afraid. Don't be scared. It's coal. It's coal.
2: It's cold. Tune in every Monday at 5pm to hear the Climate Action Radio Show.